0: All right, everybody, welcome back. Season two officially starts today. The 2022 Pittsburgh Steelers season is almost upon us. And myself, Jeremy Ritz, alongside the Jim Wexel are here to bring it in season two. Jim, how are you doing today?
1: I'm great. But now you're the Jeremy Ritz because you're a seasoned veteran on the beat. Jeremy's great adventure.
0: it, and a great adventure it was. We're going to get into <laughs> that uh, in today's episode. This past uh, weekend, starting on Thursday, I had an opportunity to go out to La Trobe, hang out with Jim and the, uh, the beat writers, got to see practices. Uh, it was a tremendous experience. We're going to talk about all of that and also about what's been transpiring in training camp as the Steelers prepare for their first preseason contest next Saturday. Jim, there's so much to talk about. Where do we start?
1: Okay, well, uh, you know, you missed Friday Night Lights in downtown Lake Trobe, the bus ride is, as Mike Tomlin called it. The reason he likes is because it's a yellow bus ride. Okay, you sat on that yellow bus for a good hour under a rainstorm. You heard us banter. Uh, you, you saw the coach call off the two uh, football players who were sitting on the bus because he heard Wolfley was on there. <laughs> because of lightning uh, hazards that Mr. Wolfley and his gene pool present. Uh, just We just kid Wolf about that. But uh, so you didn't get to take the bus ride downtown, experience uh, Friday Night Light. but you, let's see, you experienced practice at St. Vincent's College up close. You experienced interviews. You were in with Mike Tomlin's press conference, Deontay Johnson's press conference after the signing. You uh, went to Sharkeys. you you, uh uh the next well after the big rainstorm they called they called off practice at saint vincent college to go down to the south side and i assumed we were going to go indoors but it was outdoors and you checked out the indoor facility and you watched practice outside watched some interviews and saw it all up close got to know not only the beat writers but the players you were closer with the players uh, and i don't know that we any of us get to know them totally. But anyway, I'm interested in your takes instead of my takes this time around.
0: Well, first, I just want to say I appreciate the opportunity. I'm super grateful for it. Uh, but, man, it was just it was a surreal experience for me um, being the Steelers nerd that I am. And as much as I read about the team to to be around the, the beat writers, um, you know, getting to meet. What a disappointment that was. No, have been. no, it wasn't it wasn't a disappointment. Like Mike Frisuta, Labs, um, Markaboli. I mean, all those guys. That and the one thing that really stood out to me is just how how well everybody gets along, at least on the surface. It it almost seemed like uh like a fraternity where you guys are just constantly busting each other's stones, getting on each other. And uh on when we were on that school bus waiting to go over to St. Vincent's, it was disgustingly hot. It was like a locker room. (laughs) The windows were all fogged up, but from beginning until the end, we got off that bus. It was just playful back and forth with each other. Um, it was cool to see that camaraderie amongst all of you.
1: And I was just kind
0: of the fly on the wall, taking it all in. So, uh, that, you know,
1: it's funny how we seem to have a reputation for squabbling all the time, because I think people look at a couple of Twitter fights here and there. And and, Hey, not everybody in Pittsburgh was in the media at St. Vincent. So you guys may see squabbling between people who are never there and people who are there. So I'm wondering if that's why you're surprised that we got along because of that Twitter reputation that seems to be out there.
0: Yeah, I think it's that. And then just also, too, like you have, I guess, competing, competing organizations you know, my site versus this site or this publication versus this publication, but it really is just, Hey, we're all here for the common cause of covering the team. And, um,
1: well, let's, let me temper you on that because the team, the team, the players look at us like that too. Mm-hmm. We're, we are an entity that comes in en mass and hits them. And, uh, you hope there's uh mutual respect among the reporters. Um, And there are incidents that may come up where you would hope uh, the other reporter follows uh, another reporter um, who may be getting abused or uh, picked on to some degree. uh, But it's really not that way. Mm -hmm. It really is separate entities. Mm -hmm. We are, are not on the same team. The fact that you you had the you have the feeling that the players have that we are in the same team, mm. probably because we keep it professional and polite and civil, mm. as as much as we can.
0: Yes. So,
1: but we are not on the same team. We are competing.
0: Yeah, and I'll say this too: you guys are funny.
1: Some of the guys are really funny.
0: <laughs> oh my god! And when we went to Sharkey's, which is a uh, local establishment there in Latrobe. I think I laughed from the moment that we got there (laughs) until I left. So what what, what was the the gentleman's name? I can't even. uh,
1: Jazz Kolsky, Anthony. He was. He he was rip roaring uh, that night. And, you know, we were with Nick Faribault and Chris Carter and, um, I shouldn't have started naming them. If I leave anyone off, uh, you know, uh, there was a photographer there for DK. Uh, everybody was nice. It was fun. Yeah. Uh, you were there, you had your inputs, you're, you're quiet. We're trying to open you up a little bit more.
0: <laughs> like I uh, said, I'm the fly on the
1: wall. Well, that's, that's smart. That's only smart. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So uh, I respect that uh, you were just learning and taking it all in. And, uh, and, you know, uh, Labs came by and Pursuta and Dale Lolly and, you know, all those guys were in and out. So it was a lot of fun. It was, yeah. fun.
0: and then from the, the game perspective, you know, just seeing the players up close. Um, you know, I wrote about this this morning on my site, but just the one thing that, that stood out was Mike Tomlin, just how engaged he is with the team. He was moving around that field constantly, checking in with all the different players, even special teams. Uh, They're working on a punt blocking drill. Um, and just some of his Tomlinisms that come out on the field. I think he was saying opportunity and technique. That's where they meet, you know, opportunity. And he just kept saying it over and over or run it back. If you wanted to see, uh, you know, players compete against each other and just seeing how professional the guys were and how they approach the game. I mean, it's they're there to work and they love it. You could just, now I know it's early in camp and I'm sure as it slogs on, they'll probably get worn down. But, you know, just the enthusiasm of the players, you could tell that they're ready to go for for a new season.
1: Actually, Jeremy, the hard part's over. That first half is are what I call the dog days. Now, the reporters start getting tired in week three and four. They call it the dog days then. And I don't think they speak for the players because now the games start. Yeah. And they're becoming en- engaged in a little bit of game planning, a little bit of more um, offense versus scout team, mm-hmm. as opposed to offense one versus defense one. Right. Those are really difficult practices. Yeah, those are, it's a game every day. Yeah. Now it's more working on what we need to improve against some dummy defense that we see on film. Right. And you you put the backups out there to run that dummy defense, the look team. Yeah, And so you have more of that. And it becomes more of a professional routine and they're getting in the routine. So it becomes less the dog days. We just passed the two week mark. Now the preseason begins. And if you were to, there with us, you would know, oh boy there's more days off now it's nice Mm -hmm. and less fierceness on the field and the weather starts to abate a little bit yeah but uh speaking of the tomlin flowing and you know being fluid and bouncing in and out i I would say to you okay jeremy let's uh, let's go over to the far field there's an underrated drill that i like to watch it should be going on over at camp and really nobody's paying attention to it what seal the edge was one time and um uh Linebackers and safeties covering running backs and tight ends one-on-one. Whereas, uh, you know, Kenny Pickett and the offense, I say Kenny Pickett and the offense because to the fans, it's Kenny Pickett and the offense. Right. Going to George Pickens and everyone else. And and, and they're doing seven-on-sevens in front of the fans. Everybody thinks that's what we need to watch. No, let's go to the far field. Let's go watch the the, the linebackers cover tight ends. Sure enough, there's Mike Tomlin. You know, and, and so you you say to yourself, "I must be in the right place because Tom was here at this yeah. at this juncture." So, yeah, uh, a lot of that was fun, and I hope you learned a lot. I hope uh, I hope I wasn't too impatient. I'm i <laughs> impatient with young reporters. Uh, you were you were fine. You were great, uh, but I, I I don't like to waste time. You know, just like coaches, you know, hey, let's let's get over there. Business. Yeah.
0: Hey, I, I in case you didn't know, uh, viewers, that Jim is also a driving coach. And uh, he helped me navigate my way to the South side facility safely. Um, so I'm very thankful for that.
1: Well you make it sound like I'm a backseat driver, which I'm not, and I may have been more so only because you said my uh, wife says I'm a terrible driver. I'm like, uh
0: oh, true story. So true story.
1: I had I was alerted falsely. You're a fine driver. I did not need to be on alert. So I would say, don't do this, don't do that. I knew I know where the dangerous parts of route 30 are yeah and sometimes there is no need to be driving in the fast lane right so anyway i i don't want to be uh your driving was fine you just had me a little uh, my antenna you put my antenna up
0: for no real good reason (laughs) hey well we're safe and here we are and let's let's shift the discussion to training camp and what's been transpiring and we'll start with the position that everybody is talking about and that's the quarterback position what have you seen so far? What's the pecking order that you feel has been established? And what are you looking for this coming Saturday against the Seahawks?
1: Uh, yesterday, I thought, and we're not allowed to report on what we saw at yesterday's closed practice down Pittsburgh. But I I, I will say that that was the best quarterbacking day I've seen, all three. I thought all three um, showed their niche. I believe Mitch, Mitch looks to have taken command of the starting position. He's been given every opportunity to do so. And he has what limited opportunities uh, Mason Rudolph has had to be the number one, Uh, very limited opportunities. I thought he failed on his two-minute drill, which could have been something for him the one day. Um, And also, he has throws a beautiful deep ball, but uh, he seems to check down quicker than others. And hey, working with the second team, maybe he has to. And he hasn't thrown an interception and all what he does is more safe and Mm. more sound. And it just strikes me as filling the niche of the backup, Mm. the quality backup to come in and not make mistakes. So he kind of fulfilled a legacy, uh, fulfilled a, what am I trying to say? It it just seems he fulfilled the spot that he doesn't want to fulfill, Mm. but it seems like, that's where he belongs now as the number two. Uh, Pickett showed uh, shown some great strides from that first week. He's thrown some really bad interceptions. In the spring, he threw a really bad interception running the two-minute uh, offense. And so those sudden and abrupt rookie mistakes, they coaches are just they They love the raw skills he's showing and the improvement he's made, but there still looms the rookie mistake that can be made at any time that I don't see him being a factor in the first uh, up till the bye, let's say. And perhaps during a bye week, he gets another chance or there's an injury or things happen, but that is the natural progression right now. I see it. I don't see any reason to force Pickett into this. Now, there's no, he's 24 years old. Yes. There's no reason to rush the timetable just because he's 24. Um, and don't take that as a um, meaning that he needed every one of those five years at Pitt to prove that he's an NFL draftable player mm-hmm. and to rely on that and to say, use that uh, as a negative when assessing his abilities. He's got the talent. He's got the skills. Um, Just let this thing flow naturally. You have Mason for one more year. You have Trubisky under two years. Uh, I only say Trubisky over Mason because I thought Trubisky turned it around late uh, in the week with uh, the two minute drill When when they installed the two minute drill. And he marched them down and scored, whereas Mason marched them down and on the last play did not score. Made a made a bad play. He he should have known he was out of time. And to throw the ball away showed that he uh lacked the instinct to know there was no throwing that ball away. That even if it's an interception, you have to put that thing in play, let your guy have a chance because you're out of time. Yeah. There was no more time. Right. You can't throw it away and get another snap, even though he had another snap. It wasn't fourth down, but it was zero on the clock. should yeah. should have known that. Uh, so you say, you know, that's not a mistake Mason should be making in his fifth year. And he hasn't been making those mistakes, but then with the spotlight was on him, he did make that mistake. Yeah. So he has to overcome that. And guess what? Preseason games are coming, which are more important than all of this anyway.
0: Yeah. yeah. So
1: he will have another chance. But it, to me, it looks like Trubisky. And Trubisky had another good day um yesterday. And uh, completed the two-minute drill. And the beauty of yesterday is the quarterbacks performed well enough in a hailstorm. Yes. It was fierce. fierce. And as we, you and I, we ran for cover under the rain. And I remember saying to you and to two others who were stranded with us, you know, it's only water. We will get soaked. Right. (laughs) And our cars we'll get wet but what's the big deal let's nah we didn't want to so now we were on the sideline perfect sideline seats for that uh what was it seven shots mm-hmm. and we were we had the perfect sideline seats we weren't it was a long way back to the shelter of not getting rained on it's already pouring, and so we're here hide your notebooks so they don't get all crushed and runny you know all the notes you've made all camp you don't want them to run so and then uh and the stinging started hitting our necks and our eyes it was getting in our eyes even though the wind was blowing in our backs
0: yeah it you was how
1: stint. it was getting. well you could see even dj came to the sideline under his visor he's like yeah. eh, stuff's getting in my eyes and i said i think i said to you is this hail <laughs> you're like i think it is yeah. and when i asked pickett after i said was that a hailstorm?" storm because i think it was i i heard it on my helmet it, it was either real hard rain
0: or light hail <laughs> mother nature was pissed off this weekend sure
1: i i, I don't know uh, about that that's a little harsh on mother nature but uh you know it was something for the, all the quarterbacks had to deal with it and for the most part it seemed like I mean, there were no turnovers or no slip balls. Um, you know, uh, Pickett had one chance. He threw in it and Vaughn's uh, the um, number 80, the tall receiver from USC. He's a first year player who was in Colts camp for a couple practice weeks or something. He uh, I thought he juggled the ball as he was going out of bounds. But they gave there were refs there and they gave him the, the score. Uh, I, I don't <laughs> we couldn't write down what was happening. Mm-hmm. So I don't have exactly what happened with me, but I do know it seemed like all quarterbacks functioned ably.
0: I would have to agree with you. The uh, quarterback play from Thursday till the Saturday practice, it, it was much improved. It was pretty crisp. And it seemed like the players were fired up to be playing in the, uh, in the elements in the rain. So that was exciting to see as well. How about sticking on that uh, the offensive side of the ball, Um, I know we got an opportunity to watch some of those one-on-ones with the offensive lineman going up against the defensive lineman. I know that the O-line last year really was what hindered this offense in terms of the running game, pass protection. Dan Moore is a player who had a nice couple days of camp and really has been having a nice camp as well, whereas Kendrick Green, we really haven't seen him take that step this year so far. Any thoughts on the offensive line that you'd like to share? Well, I think
1: you nailed it with Dan Moore. They do have now a decades-long starter at left tackle, in my opinion. He's made strides from last year. Uh, the uh, guys who know about left tackle play, such as Max Starks, are highly impressed. And not that they were not that they thought he was a bad player last year. He was a rookie. He was a rookie left tackle who uh, went through 17 games and got experienced. Great, great experience knew what he had to work on in the offseason, worked on it, is not only more confident as a pass blocker, but is more aggressive as a run blocker. So you're getting the best of both worlds at left tackle. Sometimes you're just happy to accept a pass blocker at left tackle. Mm. But it looks like they have both in that player. And out of the fourth round, a great find. Now they don't have to deal with left tackle. The hope is for 10, 15 years even. Sorry, Kevin Dotson looks like the left guard, in my opinion. I know he's alternating with Kendrick Green, but it looks like uh, he's over the switch from the right side where he played his entire life. Mm-hmm. He, You know, you interview him, he doesn't even want to discuss that because I'm a left guard. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you know, he, he just says that, but uh, it's, um, I can't afford to think that way, he says, because I am a left guard and I have to do it. And he looks like he's doing it. Mm -hmm. I I know he's still rotating with Kendrick Green. Now, uh, Mason Cole gets beat in pass pro sometimes. Even James Daniels gets beat in pass pro sometimes. Uh, The individual skill, however, is all there. Now it's all going to be put together, and that's the next step. So I'm hoping they make their decision at left guard soon enough. I've seen these things play out. The coaches don't seem to panic as much as the media you know, what about chemistry? What about chemistry? And they'll downplay the chemistry as they're still looking for the right piece and they don't want to make a mistake on naming that right piece, mm-hmm. that left guard. So uh, and then, you know, when, um, <laughs> when it's a different circumstance, they'll tell you they need chemistry. Coaches will use whatever they need to use on the media. <laughs> but uh, I would like to see them choose that left guard and get on with the pr- next process of melding these individual talents because that, that could be an issue. You know, they seem to have upgraded all the individual pieces. Mm -hmm. Now, now they have to meld.
0: Right. Should be an improved unit and shifting over to the skill positions, running back tight end wide receiver. There were some highlights uh, from a lot of players. I I thought the tight end group just across the board, even without Pat Freyermuth was super impressive. Um, I know I always go to the undrafted guys. There's guys deep on the roster. Uh, Jalen Warren had some nice plays. Anthony McFarland, who I've been highly critical of, really put together two great days of practice that I got to see. And the wide receiver group, Gunnar Olszewski, right? I got it Yeah, right.
1: very good.
0: Here we go. Uh, he, he, You ever seen Varsity Blues, The movie back from – I have, but I don't remember much of it. Tweet, he reminds me of Tweeter. From Varsity okay. Blues, that's that's my name for a tweeter, but that guy's he was getting after it. But talk about the skill position, what what you've seen so far in camp there. Oh my
1: gosh, uh, all these younger guys are getting so much opportunity because these superstars are out. It's great because we know Najee's going to be able to run the ball. We know Friar can play. Uh, Claypool, he he showed signs of improving. I mean, and he could play already. And uh, uh, DJ. I mean, you throw DJ into that. He is a very valuable, underrated. I think he's underrated and uh, thankful The Steelers are fortunate that their coaching staff and uh, front office did not underrate him. Mm. It's a great signing. It was a great move by him to come back. He's a great kid. He's not the prima donna wide receiver uh, type that we've become accustomed to covering in this league and uh, accepting It's a great deal. Don't get me wrong, but he accepted less per than what was being given out. to Debo Samuel, DK Metcalf. i have just use Debo Samuel. He's an example of a guy that should, deserves what he got. And I don't know that DJ was worthy of that yet, but still has the chance to prove it. So this short deal was just perfect in all aspects, but it took DJ to swallow his pride and not be that, Ego centric kind of light out that we've seen so often to accept this. And then he's in the cafeteria, humble as could be uh, just just a good kid. I'm getting to know him better. I'm more impressed each time I either run into him or hear him talk or watch him play. You know, first practice, I believe you were there when he, he caught that first one-on-one deep ball, ran past keller Witherspoon, yeah. and he ran that unbelievable curl route and got open. That was an example of what he can do on third and six. Yeah. He can get you seven for sure. He will get open. And that's a critical piece, an underrated piece. And the Steelers have locked that up. And now a guy like Pickens can be left alone, you know, uh, that, that, hey. We can say what they we want about that secondary. There are dogs in that secondary, and they were hounding Pickens when he was without Claypool and DJ and Fryermuth and Najee. Yes. So uh, I mean, look, and so Pickens had to learn what it was like to be a true number one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and and the other guys, uh, Calvin Austin, great strides. Mm-hmm. This is no Dree Archer. Now this is a legitimate guy. There's not going to be enough balls to go around if the quarterback can keep up. That's going to be the key, you know, and and as we watched, uh, the quarterback play was um, lifted, lifted my spirits. And, of course, I'm not a fan. So really, it doesn't matter to me. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, you know what I mean? Uh, The starter looked like a starter. Mason's going to be a quality veteran backup. And Pickett's got the tools and showing promise to be that number one guy this town will
0: crave in a couple of years. All looking good. Yeah, and and
1: I didn't even mention Gunner. Gunner's my favorite.
0: Gunner. Tweeter. I'm not calling him Tweeter. Tweeter. I, I, it's a better name than Gunner. I mean, Gunner's good, but he's Tweeter. I mean, go back and watch Varsity Blues. It's Tweeter. He, I mean, he's he's literally. I was watching him on. I'm like, this guy is the character from Varsity Blues. It's okay. Tweeter. Okay. There okay. we go. You you Check you the general last year. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I. You know what? Tweeter's not going to work. <laughs> It's too many people like the name Gunner. That's his real name. He was, he was that was his given name, Gunner. So He's a beast. Hey, good luck with your new nickname, uh, Venture.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. And uh, the tight ends, um, I think I was most impressed by the tight ends offensively. And there was a lot of good that was, you know, going on in practices. But Zach Gentry, I mean, he was, he assumed the number one with Frayermuth being out. I don't think he dropped the ball. And Connor Hayward, oh, my God, I think he's going to be a gamer and going to contribute not a, a ton of snaps, but I think he has potential to contribute right, a, right away. He is a gamer, isn't he? Yeah.
1: I, I, it really applies to him. Mm-hmm. Now, there's your nickname, gamer. Gamer. But he see, there's another guy. He's Little Head. How are you going to stop calling him Little Head? I mean, the players. That's, I don't think the media is going to be allowed to do that.
0: Yeah. I, I don't know if I would touch that nickname.
1: Yeah, but yeah, – <laughs> He's a cool dude. He's a hard worker. And uh, Tom was very interested in his development. You can yeah. see that. He's blocking. We saw that. Yeah. Uh, and we, we see his sweet hands all the time. He's just not that tall. You know, he's not that tall, tight end. Uh, he's going to be uh, what do they call a Swiss Army knife on offense. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, Jay Sternberger, I, I kept turning to you and saying, look at 85. He can run.
0: He caught everything thrown his way. He, he he
1: before you came, he had a few drops that untimely drops. And people, I think some of the media has kind of wrote him off. You know? But he was he was a highly regarded tight end coming out of Texas AM. Mm-hmm. And uh he has some talent. I, I'm I'm just I only bring him up because he's like the fourth or fifth guy. That's how deep that tight end room is. And uh Raider, we know Raider can block. Yeah. Man, he's going up and snagging balls. He he was a big part of uh Mason Rudolph's uh two-minute offense the other day. Went up and snared a ball out of the air. He can catch.
0: Yeah.
1: And so yeah, there's some interesting tight ends too. And Derek Watts, I think he considered Derek Watt in that group too.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be very interesting to see this whole team on the field healthy, week one in Cincinnati. There is a lot of talent there. Um, it's going to come down to O-line play and quarterback play. Quarterback. But, yeah, they could take advantage of those pieces. Shifting over defensive side of the football, um, I thought just in these two days of practice that – and I've heard prior to um, you know coming in to see camp in person that the defense has really been the dominant unit. I thought it was the opposite. I felt like the offense outplayed the defense. Again, you can't put too much stock into a few practices. But just looking at the defense, who stood out to you, And any players that you feel have maybe taken a step back?
1: Well, uh, you know, Minka hasn't practiced. And uh, Casey uh, has looked good in his place. And he looks like a veteran depth piece. So he's getting a lot of time. Um, And behind him, Trey Norwood has looked a lot more physical this year. And he looks like he's going to be a dime back uh, in the other slot. Cam Sutton uh, is the corner leader and a uh, nickelback. And he was injured and it uh, looks like he's going to be okay. So that worry has passed. Akello, I believe what we saw at the end of last year was Akello, and he's showing some of that. Um you're gonna miss Joe Hayden. Um inside linebacker still remains a question. Uh you hope that Miles Jack, you know, he's one of those take Wednesday off guys because of a knee. That's and still as a young man, uh, you hope that that doesn't become an issue, but he looks like all oh, that he's cracked up, uh, his reputation has preceded him and he looks like he's fulfilling that Devin, you know, if, if Miles Jack can be the thumper that we all hope he is and Devin can use his speed and be a complimentary piece instead of trying to become the thumper everyone wants him to be because of his high draft position. Uh, and Spillane will step in and out for both of those two. So there's some depth there. We, I, I believe, no, you weren't with me when I watched the uh, linebackers cover. Ulysses Gilbert can really cover. So fluid, so fast. He can run with just about anybody. I'm waiting for him to get more time. And, hey, man, I don't know. He could get cut for all I know. But he just impresses me with his coverage skills. So there's there's that. Uh, who else you got? Buddy Johnson, I haven't seen much yet. Um, and there, I believe there's another young linebacker. Robinson, Mark Robinson. Right, Mark Robinson. He shows uh, uh, signs that you're, you you want to keep him around even if it's on a practice squad. Mm-hmm. I don't know that there's going to be a spot for him because we're starting to name a lot of names. Yeah. They may have to keep an extra guy on offense with all of those names we mentioned. Um, but uh, I believe, you know, you can keep seventh rounders. I don't know that they showed that much in preseason whereas if a team passed on them seven times in the draft they're suddenly going to put them on their active roster without having him practice with them
0: yeah. I
1: think those are safe like Oladokun a quarterback I, I knew right away he was a practice squad candidate and that's what they look like they're grooming him for they're they're not giving him anything at camp other than sideline mechanics work with the quarterbacks coach right uh, he's not getting uh, he may have gotten a couple reps but Nothing more. Uh, he's got practice squad written all over. Um, and the rest of the defense, I'm not sure where we want to go. Uh, of course, it's run stuffing up front. Tyson Alualu's uh, knee was bothering him in the spring. I noticed that he was in and out of the trainer room. So that's still the defensive tackle spot there uh, with the run stopping issue. Yeah. yeah.
0: And then uh, outside linebacker, you know, we had an opportunity to watch the outside backers versus the tight ends. Uh, the backers are trying to set the edge for the run. That was a great drill to watch. Um, getting to see Derek Tuska, who <laughs> we we were talking about him the first day of practice. It seems like he's he's more of a speed rush guy, but he has a lot of trouble setting the edge against the run. But Delante Scott, he's had a nice camp at outside backer.
1: A lot of things he's doing well. He doesn't get many reps in scrimmage, but and, and it could be another uh, example of Jameer Jones where we watch a guy in a drill ragdoll an experienced veteran tight end, and then they end up cutting him one week or two weeks into the season, not even put him on the practice squad. They get exposed in some way, but you're right. Scott Descott, uh, tall, uh, outside edge, edge guy who's very physical. I, I remember watching him. He actually ragdolled Zach Gentry. Mm-hmm. Zach's not going to like me saying that, but it was just a drill. And Delonte ragdolled him. It was the last rep, so they both walked off. Zach couldn't get his shoulder pads, and so Delonte's fixing his – <laughs> not only wrecked him, picked, helped him pick them up and fixed him. And uh, Zach's a big guy to be fixing. So it was a bad rep for Zach. I don't, it doesn't define him by any means. It may define Delonte Scott to a degree. Right. That's a guy to keep your eye on. I, I I like him as a potential practice squad guy to keep an eye on. But yeah. Tuzar Skipper's back. So, you know, all our, all our worries are for naught. James Harrison was cut three times, right?
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Tuzar, good old Tuzar.
1: Well, Avery, Gennard Avery, uh, oh, yeah. show, showing some speed. I think he's the number three guy. Uh, you know, you like Tuska smart football people I talk to like Tuska. So what I think of Tuska does not mean much. I just don't see much there.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's me. Yeah. Speaking of Avery, I mean, his his body, his frame is unique. It's real compact. He must, he's not built like James Harrison, but he's, he's shorter. So he's going to have that leverage to get underneath some of those bigger tackles, and he'll be in that rotation for the pass rush this season. Right. All right, Jim, we covered a lot. Anything else? Uh, that you want to hit on before we wrap up the first show of season two,
1: man. There could be a lot of things we could hit on. I, I I'm more interested in your your fresh eyes. There, you're the guy that kept his mouth shut and watched and learned. Uh, I I'm interested in your final wrap. What do you have to say about all this?
0: Yeah, I mean, if I'm if I'm looking at the the team and what I saw over those two days, again, I felt like the offense really outplayed the defense. I mentioned the tight ends. I I really was impressed by. Zach Gentry. Uh, it, see, I'm going to miss Jace. It's Jace, not JC. Oh,
1: yeah. hey, it could be JC. I just assumed it was Jace.
0: We well, always get on me for mis- mispronouncing things. <laughs> <gotta check> myself. <laughs> but he he caught everything. Um, Connor Hayward, again, just I think that unit with Pat Frayermuth, they're going to have some tough decisions to make. And then you have Kevin Rader there at the bottom uh, of the depth chart. But I don't know that he's at the bottom.
1: I'll disagree with you on that.
0: Okay. Yeah. They're just going to have a tough decision to make there. And then I look at, at the running back position, you know, Najee, he's got his foot injury right now. Unfortunately, Benny Snell's getting all the carries as the the number two back. He, he's average. Um, you know, I didn't see much from him, but a guy like Jalen Warren, a lot of promise there. If he can somehow make the squad and Anthony McFarland just his burst, and those two catches that he made on Thursday, where he just, they, they were combat catches, where the, the, I think it was Miles Jack was covering on one of those plays. And he caught the ball, I think, over top of Jack. Yeah, just, right.
1: You got all of that right.
0: Yeah. Yes. So just super impressed there. Um, Dan Moore, you know, I, I don't think I'm saying anything that, that, that you didn't say. He just looked like an animal out there. Kendrick Green was disappointed. He's still continuing to, to get bull rush. And it wasn't just one time. It was multiple times over those few practices that we saw, you know, so I, I think Kevin dotson has got the leg up there. I wanted to, so I, I coined, I think I coined a term here. So you're talking about the quarterbacks earlier. Mason Rudolph to me still looks pocket illiterate.
1: <laughs> well, it's a It's pretty strong. <laughs>
0: Yeah. So here, here's my take on it. He's, he's flat footed. He, he just doesn't, he doesn't move with the pressure. It doesn't seem like he can feel it. He just seems like he's a stat. I know that sounds cliche that he's a statue, but he just always seems to be flat on his, his feet. He's not playing on the, on the balls of his feet. So when the pressure is coming, he can't, can't outmaneuver it, but that stood out to me. I stand corrected when it comes to Chris Oladokun. I was projecting him as being the number three Being in camp, seeing that he uh, was holding the clipboard. Uh, He was holding all four clipboards. Yes, he was. (laughs) Uh, He's definitely the practice squad guy. The thing that I'm having difficulty trying to figure out is if you drafted Kenny Pickett in the first round, are you really going to sit him on a bench if Mitch Trubisky is not getting it done after six games? Are you gonna go quarterback?
1: To- quarterback is the position that you do that at. That's why it's nobody likes to draft a quarterback in a first round. Mm-hmm. It's a developmental position. Mm-hmm. You now it's a logic about it. He's twenty four years old. He has to play now, or you made a huge mistake. That logic is lost on me. Mm-hmm. Quarterback is a difficult draft process to go through. Everybody hates it. That's why a Ben Roethlisberger is so valuable to a franchise. Yeah. And you know if Pickett doesn't prove himself after two years, you got to do it again and do it again. It's it's awful. Yeah. And so it's not. Oh, he's a first rounder. He has to be the backup. I, I Mason. Uh, hey, you know you have to convince the coaches that you're not going to make that rookie mistake.
0: Yeah, yeah. the The last thing I'll say is uh, probably the highlight of camp for me uh, was seeing Craig Wolfley take on the skunk and win. That was that was uh...
1: the highlight for me was how we mocked him mercilessly on the bus about his lightning plagued family. Mm -hmm. Uh, As he walked in the rain battling the lightning and then we saw the skunk and we're yelling at him and mocking him and (laughs) making fun of him. Uh, Wolf, Wolf can take it. So we do that. And he overlooked all of that and came back to pick us up. That's you know that restores your faith in humanity there are there are beautiful people in this world and he's one of them
0: and that was my
1: highlight
0: yeah just a great overall experience and again listeners viewers if you're you're listening to this on your way to work if you're watching this on YouTube we're super grateful that you are viewers of the show if you haven't subscribed please do so give us a like we're going to be getting after it <laughs> Even harder this year. We're gonna take the Steelers Insider podcast, Still City Insider Podcast up a notch. Uh we'll get back on a regular routine here. We'll probably have a show following next week's preseason game. Um, you could check out Jim's work at the Still City Insider. You can give him a follow on Twitter at Jim Wexel. Uh Jim, you got a new book coming out in November. Do you want to talk about that quickly? Not too
1: much. We're 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 over that's that's a way to get our numbers up is to shorten these babies you know how they do it they, they cut up clips and say hell oh, jeremy on what sharkies was like
0: yeah you know?
1: and so make it a two-minute blurb and you get way more viewers but uh you know i got a book coming out on the clock pittsburgh steelers draft it will come out in november pre-orders are being taken by triumph publishing you can find that on the net look in my uh look down my scroll down my twitter feed you'll be able to find that stuff but I, I still say the pull of all the book is what every kid should have in his library the pull it is of all good. the biography
0: yeah i would agree it is phenomenal you can check out my work over on the stillstudy.com and give me a follow on twitter at stillstudy again we are tremendously grateful for all of you jim i hope you have a great sunday great rest of the week and we will see you next weekend sometime for the new edition of the still city insider podcast take care everyone